You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 131. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas 1. Can't find the Doring minute at a time. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. With me is Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. And we got a guest this week, guys. All right. Be on your best behavior. Because joining us this <laughs> week is our very special guest, Matt Gourley of Super Ego. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, I got a buzz. Get a big bees in a bush. Oh. <laughs> wow. Hey, Carbone's my thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you guys talk about Frankie Carbone on this show, I used to do that with my friend all the time. And when I hear you guys do it, I answer back like reflexively. Like I don't even think. And it just, just no like, one could blame you for that. All, all, all I know is mafia the, gibberish. The, the word, the word Boulevard is ingrained in my, in my vocabulary for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I'm kind of bummed I don't have a Frankie Carbone minute. In fact, when I entered in the the number that you're supposed to use to watch your minute viewer that you send out to the guests, it mistakenly went to another one with Carbone, and I got really excited. (laughs) Carboner. I think we all would be more excited if Carbone was in these minutes. Uh, This minute kicks off with Jimmy wanting Henry to give him a call, and it ends with Karen looking for the Dior dresses. And my first impression of this minute is that he really just hands off that couple thousand bucks like it's nothing. Well, this is another case of... So last week we saw, you know, Paulie give Henry $3,200. Yeah. And so did... Does Jimmy know Karen is coming and has that wad of money no. ready for her? No. Or is this just what he's carrying? Yeah. I don't believe that. I think they knew the meeting was happening and he no, knew he'd have to give her money. No, that's just what they carry. No. That's just yeah. But that yeah, leads to a bigger question, too, is if if he knew the meeting was coming... Has he prepared something for her when she takes a walk down that street? Because otherwise, you wouldn't believe it, right? Right, yeah. Well, that, we're going to get to that controversial moment, probably one of the most controversial moments of the movie, but yeah. Ooh. There's a lot of time this week. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> Pace yourselves. The other question with the money is that... It's wrapped in rubber bands. I realize that my lifestyle, as it, when I was an unemployed 26-year-old, is different than a lifestyle of frantically on-the-run family of five, or whatever they are at this point. But when I was unemployed, 26-year-old, I... I went almost a full month on 200 bucks, and they got $3,200 <laughs> from Polly the other day, and now they're getting another thousand. They, they seem really desperate. A couple thousand. It's a couple. Yeah, it almost pays to be desperate, just always be on the run, and you can just be making money from your mafia friends. <laughs> Don't forget, he's also a drug addict. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Cocaine's expensive. Yeah. Um, I know, because if he's not using it to buy drugs, he's using it to roll up and use the drugs. Right. That's true. So, <laughs> so as we saw on Friday, Karen went to Jimmy for help. Jimmy's in his warehouse of swag, which we'll talk about in a second. And he's doing a not-so-great job of subtly asking her questions about what's Jimmy saying to the cops, what are they asking him, maybe he should give him a call. He's interrogating Karen while he's working on the books, I guess, with his poorly clipboard. Yeah. And Karen has no clue. She falls for it completely. I want to go back to the, uh, this is going to come up later, next week, the Babe in the Woods thing. And I want to leave the trail of breadcrumbs going to this. Now, she says that, she tells Jimmy that, that Jimmy doesn't know she's there. Right, right. And that seems stupid. Oh, yeah, no, and that, which, is a, which is a lie. I mean, of course, you know, like, because Henry is hiding oh, from Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. So you so, think that Karen is lying to Jimmy? Yes. 
See, I thought she was trying to help Henry because Henry wouldn't let her. Yeah. Why do you think she's lying? That means Connor's on my side. Like, like Henry sent her there to lie yeah, well, to find. Yeah. So according to the book and Wise Guy, from the moment that Henry was arrested, you had Jimmy and Mickey, Mickey Conway, Jimmy's uh, Jimmy's wife, calling the house constantly trying to offer to help and doing all this sort of stuff all in the guise of trying to find out what was going on because Jimmy was freaking out. Right. And so Henry gets out and he's, I think he's afraid of Jimmy because he's, you know, like at this point he thinks, yes. and also keep in mind what we said last week was that while he was in jail, the DA played tapes of Jimmy and Angelo Seppi and somebody else talking about how it was time to whack Henry. But, okay. I don't want to give away the other minutes, but, but there's a bit that, <laughs> When she returns to the house, yes, he's that- genuinely concerned about her. I, no, no, no. We'll get to that, what that is. My thought is that Karen, in this movie, that's what I'm going for, Karen has been sort of calling Henry paranoid and that he's overreacting. Right. And I feel like in this version of the story, she's telling him, you've got to go to Jimmy. He, he's, he wants to help. He just wants to help. Why don't you go? And she went and saw him without telling, her he didn't want, without telling Henry because Henry didn't want her to go. I can, I'll accept that as an alternate universe. And I think she's stupid for that. Well, yeah. If that's well, the case. Yeah. Look at that leather jacket. It's a lot of leather. <laughs> I, I, do have to say, I do have to say that I'm excited for this weekend. Matt, actually, I'm excited to have you on because this is probably one of the most nuanced scenes of the entire movie in that there's so much going on that is not being said. And I think this is just a great this is a great example of it is that we don't know exactly whether or not, you know, Henry sent Karen or what under the guise of what we don't know what those papers are. It's in one of those accordion files, which I've always wanted to have one of those. And I've never had one of them. You can go buy one at Staples, you know, I know I had the same question about those papers. Like it's like he's keeping really careful corporate inventory of all of the stuff that he, he's thieved. Yeah. But he's no common hood. He really runs a tight ship there. It's a business, and, you know. You got to you got to yeah. run it a certain way. That took down Capone. It seems like they'd know better. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cavernous warehouse of stuff. And if you look, enormous. Like around the twenty second second twenty second second mark, you can they see say that three times fast. No, you can see way down past Jimmy into this smoky room. There's a guy in the back who's all silhouetted. Looks really cool. I wonder if he knew how cool he'd look in this shot. I don't know who this guy is or what he's doing. He's also got a sheaf of paper. I mean, there's a lot of activity in this warehouse. And also, yeah, it's for definitely some... inventory day there. Yeah, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday's inventory day. And for some reason, it is like a warehouse of jukeboxes because <laughs> in this moment, there there are two jukeboxes, and then they go outside, and there's a third jukebox in this. And there's thing. some pinballs. It's like yes. they like robbed Coney Island or something <laughs> like that. Well, funny you should say that. Let me tell you about the pinball machines. I was uh, waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're only gonna get we're, there are two pinball machines, but we only see one of them in this minute. So I'm only gonna give you one. But the one that we see when Karen walks outside is called Astro, and it was manufactured by the Gottlieb Company. Only 500 were made, and it was designed by Ed Krinsky with art by Gordon Morrison. And it's, it's a great pinball machine. It's a classic, classic. So there you What's go. What's the theme of Astro? Space. Yeah, uh, came out right. in October 1971. Okay, so, so there you go. It's uh, chronologically accurate. Yeah, and, and um, if you look at the back glass, you, which you can't really see in this minute, it's got a woman in a helmet, you know, kind of a uh, kind of like a 50s style sci-fi helmet, and there's a robot carrying another woman. The fishbowl helmet. Yeah. 
Exactly, and yeah. all these rocket, all these rocket ships flying by, and Saturn and stars and whatever. It's and it's Scott Lieb's Astro. I've never played it. Matt, uh, you might not know, I am a pinball enthusiast. So I, uh, I think I remember you guys mentioning that on yeah, the show, so. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's mentioned it a few times. You're only getting a brief taste, really. <laughs> so I'm glad we're here for this conversation because Jimmy tells Karen that uh, she should go pick up some Dior dresses. She goes to go upstairs to get it. No, 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 this is swag, so keep it down the street. Well, for, well, first Karen says no, and then he goes, come on. And she goes, all right, for my mother. For so, my mom. For my mom. So... She might have mortgaged her house to get Henry out of jail, but she's getting some Dior dresses out of it. Which is not nothing. Yeah, now, nothing. For all her five towns events. What yeah. I wanted to talk about was the word swag. Yes. This is a pet peeve of mine. This is, and this is the fun fact, because this is a rough week for fun facts. <laughs> fun fact is that... <laughs> all over the nation. There is a <laughs> civil war, as I like to call it, between swag and swag. Some people say swag, S-W-A-G. Some people say swag, S-C-H-W-A-G. And if you look up online, it's, there's a debate about which one is correct, whether they're both correct, where they came from. The word swag, S-C-H, actually really means a form of low-grade marijuana. And somehow that became... I was going to say, I, I wow. actually knew that. And somehow that also became a word for free promotional items that the word swag was originally meant for. I love that. Swag started to become used as an alternate for swag in the 1990s, so clearly it's the wrong thing and no one should ever use the word swag again is that one of the cases where people just started using the wrong word and then just like spread like wildfire yes wow it's like josh's problem with irregardless yes uh-huh. irregardless irregardless <laughs> not actually a word so so he's got them down the corner what why because he's got multiple warehouses this is the jukebox warehouse okay there's a Dior <laughs> warehouse down the street he can't keep dresses in the jukebox warehouse and I guess you still call that swag. Like, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's where I'm getting. So is that's swag stolen? I, of, I well, guess it shouldn't so, be. Yeah. He's also using it wrong, too. Swag is a, is a free promotional item. Unless so, Dior gave him a bunch of dresses. I, I feel like there's a tertiary meaning we're not, <laughs> we're not no, getting I to. I know this is crazy, but when I was in grad school, I would take these scene painting classes, and we had to learn how to paint a drape. And the thing they would always say is you've got to learn to paint the swag. And that was like the bend in the drape. And I wonder if that has anything to do with like a dress in any way. I don't know. That's probably a long shot. That's a stretch. Hey, but t- you took the shot. I, I respect it. Well, it, that would be the, it's, if, it's, if it's the fabric and the way that it, it moves, then he would want to keep it away from the chook boxes. And he'd want to keep it away from other stuff because it would easily get ruined or snagged. Snag, swag, snag. Swag, snag. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not proud of that. So that makes sense. He's uh, he's actually being conscientious. Oh, I'm keeping it away from this stuff so that it can retain its value while I give them all to you to give to your mother. He should have offered her a jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody needs a jukebox. She can't fit that in the Volvo. <laughs> Do you think Jimmy was like, listen, jukeboxes are going to be huge in the 80s. He's like, I'm I'm going big on jukeboxes. He's like, there's, no end. Machines. Yeah. there's no end to this jukebox thing. Sky's the <laughs> limit. Uh, oh, I'm stocking up on jukebox, pinballs, eight tracks. We're going to do it. Betamax. Dior. He lost his shirt on swag. <laughs> um, the famous shot in this film is the walking into the Copa scene. But I, th- I really think this, the shot of him where he's standing that I mentioned before, where you can see all the way down into, into the back of the room and there's smoky yeah. guy in the back, is a really beautifully lit shot. I had never noticed that shot before until we, we came in at this format. And you see that it, it's not only like a nice silhouette with great lighting. Like, that's deep focus. Everything yeah. all the way back there is completely clear. Everything's in focus and so, everything's lit properly. And, and they are in silhouette. 
but you can still see mm-hmm. them. It's framed right in the doorway. It's really wonderfully composed and lit. I actually love it more and more and more I look at it. Yeah, he's got a little he's, he's got a little Orson Welles mixed with a little Kubrick in there. It's very nice. Who is that guy back there? He's so cool. You he's should just submit it, take you, an inventory. You should <laughs> submit it to that one perfect shot Twitter account. All right, maybe I will. Yeah. There you go. I do have to admit, I really enjoyed probably too much Karen's confused walking down the street. <laughs> as she strolls down the street and she's trying to find where it is, she, she it's like as if she doesn't know where she is. Before we get to that, because we're going to have a lot of that going on, there's a bit where they sort of kiss. Yes. yes. And I, I, was, I can't decide if those kisses are awkward or not. You know what they feel like to me because it's uh, right after this where Henry says, you know, if you're gonna if you're in a crew and you're gonna get whacked, it's gonna come from your friend and you're gonna feel like you trust him, and right. it feels like he's kissing her because he then he looks her exactly right in the eye and says, "Don't worry," like he's trying to gain her confidence yep. before mm-hmm. so she's not suspicious walking in there. Which I know we're gonna talk about the would he or wouldn't he here, but that was the thing I noticed this time for the first time that made me think, hmm. And that lends credence to the thing that she is not has not accepted the fact that she should be wary yet. That's going to yeah. happen. And I think that, like, I'm watching those kisses, you know, the just the polite goodbye kisses and trying to read into it. Is it a polite goodbye kiss or is it right now? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, they're basically, they're basically family. I mean, you know, like it, it, it makes sense, but it's also, yeah. again, it's just dripping with nuance and it's dripping well, with. Yeah, there's a slight overlay of murder. <laughs> well, she she so quickly tells him that Henry's acting crazy, and it doesn't even feel right. like if she was sent there as a ruse or as intel that exactly. she would do that. It just feels like, oh, I trust this guy, and I really do think that she went behind his back. You, you, you do? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with Josh. I think she went behind his back. Yeah, yeah. I think she she said she thinks Henry's paranoid. She thinks of Jimmy as family. He's a brother. He's a you know an uncle, whatever it is. Like that's how she views him. Because if she doesn't. Then everything else that happens this week it has no meaning, right? Yeah, I think she goes there that way, and and then obviously she changes. But you're yeah. right; it it is so brilliantly <laughs> ambiguous that I, this is almost a litmus test for paranoid people. <laughs> like you could just show anybody in this and go, "What do you see?" Because as a younger <laughs> man, I was like, um, "I don't think he was really going to kill her. That's just a filmmaker trick. Like that's fine." And now I watch it going, "Oh, she's dead." And now I think I'm just. <laughs> become paranoid in my age <laughs> we all understand that yeah. <laughs> i want to go back a little bit and talk about his big wad of cash okay that is wrapped in rubber bands like i really believe he knew he was seeing karen no, and he that's he... what they carry on them yeah no, he's yeah, got no, that off no. donnie brasco about that yeah well that's the thing is that these people are fascinating because who are people josh italians no affiliated mobsters okay so italians. <laughs> the mob doesn't exist josh i didn't use that word I didn't use the word mafia. I said, anyway. Like, there are these guys who have a lot of money, but they go through it really quickly. I just think it's fat. Like, I tend to think of them as cheap, like when they, they talk about the clothes they're wearing or whatever. But they're also, like, in this, they seem really quick to just drop the money really, really quickly. They spend it as soon as they have it. I think yeah. it, I think it has something to do with the fact that they look at money differently than we might look at money. And that money is a means to an end, and there, all, money will always be there when I need it. And if I don't, if it's not there when I need it, I'll just rob and I'll get. You know what I mean? Like, and so they, they gamble, they you know spend garishly, they buy pink Cadillacs, they buy but fur coats. You know, like that I metallic think, wallpaper is not cheap. Neither is that wall that reveals itself to be a TV nook. Uh, right. We have all got dreams, and that's one of them. 
but you know, but at the same time, like they also take money so seriously that it's interesting to watch them part with it so quickly. Like, yeah. I mean, the money's a life or death issue at the same time. If you look at, at Maury or, or whoever, like, you know. It's strange. It's, it's almost like it's not the money itself. It's the accumulation of the money that's the serious thing about it. So that they can then blow it and then get it back. And, right. Yeah. Like, they I have think a compuls- like a compulsion to earn it and to spend it. I, in some ways, it's this, you know, two sides of the same coin where you could see how they do both, you know. Yeah, I think, Ron, you got it. Here's a question for you. Do you think Jimmy Conway has a savings account in a bank? No. No, no none Definitely. of them, right? He doesn't even have a social security number. Right, yeah. He's yeah. got two holes at Robert's Lounge, and one of them has a guy's body in it, and the other one has money, and he's not quite sure which one is which on a day. Hey, Rebo. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ron nailed it. I think it's, they don't think of a money the way that I do. I think that's the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. I don't uh, think they think about most things the way that you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very far from that way of thinking. I, I will agree. <laughs> I was born in the same place, and yet so different. So different. So, so different. Any other notes in this minute? I nope. don't. The fuck count for this minute was zero, and it's going to be a light week. All right. Well, that's disappointing. Just to let everyone know. Yeah. So that's it for this minute 131. You can tune in tomorrow for minute 132. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMinute and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. To support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash GFM or go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon. And if you go to Patreon.com slash GFM, you give it a certain level, you get your very own Mafia. There is no Mafia nickname, which we'll be giving out two more on Friday's show. Matt, where can people find you online? They can find me at Matt Gorley on Twitter. That's G-O-U-R-L-E-Y and Instagram and all those places and superego at gosuperego.com. And finally, if you have any questions, anything to note, if you know, if you perhaps know how much money at any given day a mobster has in his pocket, please email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. And until tomorrow, goodbye. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.